Hi, this is Pastor Rick. I want to take you on a journey today in the book of James. It's a study that will be wonderful. It's all about confidence. James talks about works. He says you can't just have faith. You've got to have works. And he really wants to build confidence in us. He wants to show us the power of confidence and how it works when you blend it with work. You got to do the work. You know, sports people always say that, right? They say, I feel confident when I go out here and play in the championship because I did the work. If you do the work, you can be confident. So stay with me. James chapter one is where we're going to start today. It's going to be a great study all the way through the book of James. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be a good study. So stay right there. Confidence in just a minute. See you in just a minute. Enjoy the message. Well, glad you're back today. I really like this series we're about to jump into because it's just down home good. It, it talks about something that I fight all the time. It's confidence. One of the things I've learned being a, a public speaker guy who's always talking in front of people is so easy to get trapped in certain ways of thinking uh, when you're speaking. Uh, there is a, there are certain, there's a certain professionalism that you have to develop. And I use that word painfully because some of you may misunderstand that. Because some people think it's all about anointing. And there is, you know, you pray for God's hand or presence to be on your life and you pray that you're a clear communicator. But there's some practical skills that you have to develop. And one of them is you have to learn how to be confident. You have to learn how to believe in yourself. Because if you don't believe in yourself and you get up in front of people, you spend too much time worrying about what's wrong with you. So what you have to do is accept all the things that are wrong with you. You know, your, your finger's a little crooked, your eyebrow kind of goes up and you kind of squeal sometimes. Whatever it is that you struggle with, you have to figure out a way, if you don't like your physique or whatever it is, you have to learn how to look past all this imperfect and get the job done. And that is about confidence. And that's the decision you make. I choose to be confident. You know, if you're a little overweight, you're a little underweight, your belly's a little bit bigger than you want it to be, or whatever is going on in your life, your feet are big, whatever it is. You have to figure feet. You heard that? Feet are big. <laughs> Bad grammar, but you get the point. If your feet are big, whatever it is, if you can come to a point where you can find a way to be confident, and I'm always fighting for that. I'm always fighting for a way to be confident. I'm fighting for a way to say, hey, listen, I want you to take your time, look at your, look at your, just look at your life and say, I'm going to be confident. I'm temple, be confident. Don't you lose yourself. Don't get lost in in this, in this uh, confusing uh, swamp of doubt where everything in your life is bad and you're bad. And you know, listen, just keep going forward. I've learned that's how you get there. Success comes in pieces. And you keep working the pieces and you get there. Well, in our study today, James chapter 1, there is this great text, and he takes us on this journey. And what I want to do is I'm going to put some stuff on the screen. Sometimes I put a little statement up on the screen. I want you to listen to the statement, okay? And I want you to kind of um, just kind of think with me, and this kind of puts our minds in the right place. Here's, here's my statement. Are you a confident person that truly believes in your life's direction and God's commitment to bless you? John 10 and 10 says, you know, that God wants to give us abundant blessing. The challenge we face in this season is a plague of confidence blended with naive optimism. It is important to recognize when you are being naively optimistic. 
And James, they thought that because they had faith, their works did not matter. And I want to stop there for a minute. I want to point out that the goal of the series is to point out the importance of blending faith and works. I want you to see that if you don't blend faith with works, if you don't uh, blend um, action with what you're confident in, that you're being naive. And there's a term, and I'm going to put it on the screen for you again later on, naive optimism. Naive optimism is an interesting term. Naive is something we all understand. I've been naive, you've been naive, we've all been naive. But sometimes you can be naively optimistic. You believe things are going to work out and you think they're going to be fine and you're wrong. They're not going to be fine. Your marriage is not going to be fine. Your health is not going to be fine. Your finances are not going to be fine at all. It's important for you to be clear that in order for that to happen, you have to do the work. You can be optimistic, but if we don't do the work together as a nation, as a people, if we don't band together as a church, if we don't band together as a family, then we're naively optimistic. Let me read my second statement. I want you to just follow me along for a minute. A confident person faces unexpected challenges and can lose hope. If not careful, hopelessness over time can produce a toxic, sick-like feeling that can shift our view of the world. You know, the Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred can make a heart sick. So balanced confidence, that's important, that is rooted in truth and maturity can protect us from falling victim to, here it is again, naive optimism. I, this term just stayed with me for a while because I realized in my life I have been guilty of this. I have been confident, right? But I was being naively optimistic because I thought I would have opportunity, but I didn't throw enough what I call footballs to the future. I didn't make enough plans to have the grades I wanted. I wanted to make money and advance the ministry and advance my personal life, but I didn't make enough investments. I had the wrong friends, the wrong approaches. I spent time doing the wrong things. And so I'm naively optimistic. I'm not going to be healthy if I don't exercise, if I don't try, if I don't try. You don't have to be an Olympic athlete, but you got to try. And you're naively optimistic. That's not, let me look at me, it's not going to happen for you. You are not going to have what you want. Your life is never going to get to that place because you're not combining confidence with action. You have to do the work. Faith without works, James is going to teach us, is dead. You can't have it. So if you can just, for a minute, back up the train and accept that fact, that I'm in a place in my life, if I'm not careful, that is going to be permanent. This is where I'm going to live. This is how I'm going to live. I'm going to be dependent on these people. I'm going to be dependent upon some offering. I'm going to be depending on somebody giving me something because I am not willing to do the work. So I want, to, I, want to, I want to spend some time on this, and I want to spend the next three, four weeks talking about it. And what I want to do is I want to get you to think with me about being confident. I want to spend some time first talking about that because I want you to be. And the book of James is about you being confident. You need, to be, you need to be a confident person, a person who, who's focused, who's clear, who's not confused. So watch this with me for a minute. This is James chapter 1, verse 2. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. I want you to be confident. 
When you fall into difficulty, when you go through challenges, I want you to be confident. I don't want you to be insecure. So I want you to see from the very beginning, he says, I want you to be confident. And he mentions something that's going to happen. Trials, difficulties, tests, things are going to happen. He goes on to say this in verse 3. Knowing, here's why you're confident. Knowing that the testing of your faith will produce something positive in you. Patience. There's a benefit for difficulties. You're not going to have difficulties without some benefit. You know, I, I, I am greatly benefited by the trying academic hurdles I've had to jump over. But they made me better. I've learned from them. Verse 4. Let patience, I love this verse, I quote it all the time. Let patience have its perfect work. In other words, let the, let the, the trial, the difficulty, let the process work its way through your system. You know, get, get, get in that gym, work it out. It's, it's, it's that perfecting process. It's plowing through the insecurity. It's working through the conversation. Let patience have its perfecting work that you may be perfect or mature and complete Lacking nothing. All this is about training you so you'll be strong enough to get the job done. So he says, let patience have its perfecting work. I heard a person one time, they said this. They said, you know, uh, they were, they were um, praying about somebody, right? And they, were, they, they were trying to help the person. So they intervened. They gave them all this money, did all this stuff. And they prayed and said, God, God, uh, what's wrong? What's, why, why won't they change? And this voice came to them, this impression, this voice of God came to them and said, they were doing fine until you got in the way. They, they were going through a difficult time, but that was perfecting them. You saved them, and now, now they've learned nothing. I'm not saying you don't save people. I think the point is there are times when you got to let it go. There's nothing you can do about it. And there are times with your children it's that way. There are times with people who work for you it's that way. There are times when it's like that way, that way for you. And so please notice there's this incredible moment where he says, I want you to be confident. I want you to know that during a difficult time, I'm going to be there for you. And then he makes this incredible promise. He said, verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given him. I like the fact that he says, I want you to be confident when you don't know what to do, when you lack wisdom. Just come and ask me. That means you're not going to always know what to do. I know that's surely true for me. Secondly, he says, be confident when you ask, knowing that God heard you. You can come to God and you can bring your insecurity and you can bring your fear. And I want you to know, he says in verse, verse 6, let him ask in faith with no doubting. For he who doubts is like the wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. I want you to notice the Bible really does challenge you to be a confident person. Not come to God with a lot of unbelief. Come to God insulting him as if he's never been faithful to you. Questioning everything he's allowed to happen to come in your life. Seeing your trials as somehow things that are going to whip you and beat you down and you're going to lose. No, that's not true. That's an insult to the God who's been so good to you. Let him ask in faith with nothing, that, that, no doubting, nothing wavering, just focus. But he says something that's pretty profound in verse 7. You're not going to get anything if you live in that doubting place. If you're not confident, it's over. Trust me. My confidence can't carry you to your blessing. One more time. My confidence can't get you to graduate. 
My confidence can't make you healthier. My confidence can't make you smarter. I can pass it to you, but at the end of the day, if you don't doubt, if you doubt everything you do, then you're going to fail. Let me help you with that. You're going to fail. If you doubt that your relationship can make it, if you doubt, if you don't believe, and if you're not willing to do the work, that's the key thing, do the work, which he's going to talk about later on in the book, then forget it. Being confident, it's not going to work. Because it's not just confidence, it's, again, doing the work. Let patience have its perfecting work. That's the, that's the, that's the part where you hang in there in that class and you study harder and you read another book and you get tutoring is when you stick in there. Then he goes on, he said, be confident, not only, if you're writing a list, if you're following in the notes, you can see it. It says, be confident when you lack wisdom, be confident when you ask, and be confident in your humble beginnings. You need to be a confident person when you come to God and you ask. You need to be confident when you don't know what to do. You need to be confident when you're in a humble beginnings place in your life. Verse, verse 9. Now, I want you to notice carefully how he words this. He says, let the lowly brother glory in his exaltation. The lowly brother, the guy who starts out low. Give God glory as you're exalted. Then he says this. He said, but the rich in his humiliation. Rich people have different experience. God often, so he says, God, when you're poor and you're exalted, I want you to, I want you to honor God and be confident. Be confident as you rise from poverty, now you make 10,000, 20, 100,000. As you rise, be confident. You're going to be okay. As I prospered, this is the truth, I struggled. I struggled. I struggled. I str- Boy, did I struggle. Boy, did I struggle. I just thought, oh, God, I don't know. I mean, you just, you just feel like um, <laughs> some churches, some Christian experiences, some people you're around convince you that somehow God is bothered when you prosper, yet they say prosper, but Yet when you prosper, they mock you. They go, oh, look, he got money. Oh, look at, look at all he got. Look at him driving. You know, and, they get, and you start wanting to hide your car, and you, want, you just don't want to talk about your wealth or your success. If you got a, a chunk of money for something, you don't want to share it because you don't want people to mock you. And so you begin to retreat. That's why a lot of people who are successful retreat. But then so he talks to the lowly as they rise, how to handle that. And then he says this. He says, but the rich in his humiliation... So somehow a rich person, everybody has this place where they're, they're learning to be humble. The rich are learning, the wealthy are humble. Everybody's learning how to manage whatever they have in their life. And he says this in a way that's really powerful. He says, but the rich in his humiliation, because as a flower of the field, he will pass away. At the end of the day, everything is passed away. Everybody is all goes away. For no sooner has the sun risen with a burning uh, heat, that it, it withers like grass, the flower fails, and its beautiful appearance perishes. So the rich man will also fade away in his pursuits. So everybody needs to be humble, rich and poor. I was in a basketball game one time, and a guy walked through, and a friend of mine was there, and he said to me, he said, see that guy? He says, he used to be one of the baddest players, the baddest athletes, and whenever he would walk in this arena, he said, they would mob him. And he said, but look now, nobody is greeting him. He's walking through, and every now and then somebody will wave. But there was a time he couldn't walk like that through here. And I remember thinking, wow, what an amazing moment to see the transition in life from one level to the next. 
you know, as you go through life, you have humbling moments. Some of you grandparents are going through that right now. Some of you people that were the CEO on the job, man, you were, you're the big rich guy, and now you're going through this humbling retirement season. Some of you are climbing up in business, and you're climbing to this new place, and you're going through this humbling place. But here's what the Bible says, and I want to close with this. Be confident, James chapter 1, verse 12. Here's what he says, when you do the work. Blessed is the man, verse 12, who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord promises to those who love him. Blessed is the man who endures temptation, the man who works through the process, the man who does the work, the man who presses in. So be confident. When you press through temptation, you press through temptation to quit, but you keep working. You press through temptation to give up on your marriage, but you keep fighting for it. You press through the temptation to not get over the marriage that didn't work, and you fight past that. Whatever you're fighting past, the Lord says, I'll give you the strength. But you've got to do the work. You've got to be confident. And the goal is to teach you to be confident. So if you don't know what to do, right, if you're at a place where you're just not sure what to even ask for, if you're at a place in your life when you say, Pastor, I really just don't know not only what to ask, I don't, I don't even know how to manage the different seasons I'm going through, the humility season, you're, you're feeling all kinds of ways. He says, blessed is the person that endures that season and presses forward. I want that to be you. I want you to press forward. I want you to be strong. Now, I, I want to tell you, and as I close this out, I want you to think about this. I don't think people real, realize how powerful that feeling can be and how strong it can be. I, I've seen a lot of preacher suicides. Uh, if you Google it, you can tell it's just a lot of guys who've just given up on life. I've seen a lot of people that got into businesses and careers and then found themselves just depressed. And they lost their confidence. Every day of my life, and this is the truth, I am saying this to myself. What's your name? I tell myself that. Ricky, what's your name? And I challenge myself. And sometimes I say, your name is confident. You're a confident person. You believe you can. You can preach these sermons. You can teach. You can lead. You can manage the business. You don't have to be afraid of anything. You can take care of the properties. You can manage the staff. You can be married. You can manage all the issues of your life. You can rise above all your expenses, all your surprises, all the things that happen in your life, the academic challenges, whatever it may be. You have to tell yourself, be confident. I love Mark 11, 22 through about 24, where he says, have faith in God. And then he says, you're going to have what you say. You speak to the mountain, the mountain moves. It's up to you. If you don't speak to it, if you don't address it, if you don't change your approach and say, you know what? I need to be more confident. I don't need to let this get me. I don't need to let this own me. I need to be the kind of person who addresses what's happening in my life. I need to say, I'm going to do the work. And next week, we're going to take on this whole issue of the work you need to do. And I want you to think with me, and I want you to read ahead of me in chapter 1, verse 19, through about the end of the chapter. And I want to talk to you about the work that you have to do. I can ask God all day long for things. I can, and I'm seeing it. People are asking God, God, keep me healthy. And you're not doing what it takes to stay healthy. You're praying for God to prosper. You're not doing what it takes. You're not making any efforts. You want God to spiritually bless your life. You're going to have to make the investment. You're going to have to do the work. 
I'm not saying work to earn your way to heaven. I didn't say that. But there are things you have to do. And I want you to hear me today. You, got, you have to do the work. And that's what comforts me. Whenever I feel I'm not perfect, whenever I feel I failed, whenever I feel I haven't been all I need to be, I'll tell myself, Ricky, did you make up the bed today? Yes, good, you did the work. Did you brush your teeth? Yes, you did the work. Did you walk today? Yes, I did. I walked about two miles. Good, you did the work. Ricky, did you watch what you ate? Yes, I did. I did the work. Were you perfect today? No, but I did, most, I did the work. I did enough to get credit today that I'm focused and I'm clear. I, and you might say, well, you sound like you're paranoid. Let me tell you, life will make you paranoid. Kids will make you paranoid. Your bills will make you paranoid. Uh, people, community, uh, <laughs> pandemics, a lot of things will make you paranoid. The question is, are you willing to say, I'm doing what I need to do? There's a great parable in the Bible where the Lord called these guys together in Matthew 25, and he says, okay, hey, I'm going to give you this, these talents, three talents, and I want you to go and invest them and make a return. The third guy takes his talent, his one talent, which he thought was awful that God gave him one talent. He gave, he gave him the least of all the talents, least of all the money to manage. And he said, when the Lord came back and said, did you take the money I gave you and use it and invest it? What did you take? What did you do with what I gave you? The guy complained. If you remember the story of Matthew 25, he said, well, you didn't give me much. And so I didn't do anything with it. And then he said these great words. You could have at least taken it to the banker and gotten interest, but you didn't even do that. Here's the question. Are you doing nothing and then waiting for God to bless you? You got confidence that God's going to do these great things in your life? You're naively optimistic. That's not going to happen. Listen to me. It's never going to happen for you as long as you don't do the work. There is a process and a humility and an attitude you have to have. You can't manage $10,000. You cannot manage $10 million, Trust me. If you cannot manage one little attitude and one little frustrating moment, you cannot be over a multi-corporation with lots of people. You can't because you can't control your temper in this one place. Your business will not grow. Opportunities will not come. You're naively optimistic. You're sincere. You may be Christian. You may, you may be full of God and full of Jesus in your mind. But if, until you come to that moment, well, you say, I need to do the work. And I'm not talking about going out and being an Olympic star. I'm saying do the minimum. At least do the minimum. That's all. You'd be surprised what taking one class can do, and then another class, and then another one. Maybe you can't take three classes at one time. Maybe you are a one-class person. I was. I like that. The programs, the last programs I were in, was in, get this grammar right here, we took them one at a time, and it really was helpful for me. The last one was two at a time. And that was enough for me. And I did extremely well. And it's something about being honest with yourself. Did the work. That's why I can be confident. I'm going, be, I'm going to be okay. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for those who have not done the work. Let this be a moment for them of transformation, a moment where they face themselves. Our churches have to do the work. We have to make the digital switch. We have to rise up and embrace the world we live in. We can't run from where we are. Some of us have to do the work and stop with these, these 
things we're doing that don't work in our direction where we're trying to go. And so I pray for you to help us today to take an honest look at ourselves and our lives and help us to be honest about doing the work. I close, Lord, praying for our society. I pray for this season we're facing in this country, and I pray for you to help us do the work. Help us to get people where they need to be and responding to what they need to respond to. Pray for those who need, Lord God, to embrace the truth. We've got to do the hard work, and that means facing ourselves, facing our wrong, facing our pride, facing our arrogance. Help us, Lord God, do the work. Help us to call those who aren't telling the truth into accountability. Help us to challenge our future. Help us to not be afraid to do what's right. I pray for us today as a nation, as a people. Pray for our church. Pray for our families. Fathers need to do the work. Their kids are out of control. Mothers need to do the work. Their mayors, city leaders need to do the work. Politicians need to do the work so that we can get to where we need to be. If we don't do the work, we're being naively optimistic. It will not get better until we do the work. And so I pray your blessing upon us in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow, I pray you were blessed by that today. And I pray that you do the work today. Jesus did the work for you to come to him. All you have to do is open your heart. Father, I pray for those today who've never given their lives to Christ. Let this be the moment that they know he's done the work, died on the cross so they can be free. May this be the moment that their lives will change forever. May they say, God, I need your forgiveness in my life. Amen. Well, thank you for being with me today. Thank you for letting me pray with you. Thank you for listening to the message. If you're a person who says, hey, you know, I, I know I need to start a life with Christ. I know this is my moment when I need God in my life. I want you to simply just pray this prayer with me. Father, I receive your grace in my life. Thank you for dying on the cross for my life. And let this be the beginning of a new life for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I pray you gain some confidence listening to this message because it really is powerful when you can say, I did the work and I don't need to be insecure. It's something I use all the time now. Whenever I'm tempted to feel like I didn't do enough in a day, I said, well, Temple, did you do these three things? If you did, be confident. Just rest in that. You don't have to do everything that needs to be done, just that you made an effort. And I'm, I'm learning to use that as a tool. For some of you, you're constantly feeling like, oh, I didn't do enough for my kids. Well, did you feed them? You did. Did you take them to school? You did. Are they in the bed now? Good, okay. You did the work. Let's give yourself a break. Let's not feel like, Pastor, you're not a good pastor because you didn't preach all the sermons for the month yet. Did you preach the last sermon? Good. Did you do your best? Good. Okay, you did the work. So give yourself a chance to breathe. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray that those who've heard the message would say, I'm going to walk with more confidence, more, more peace. I know I did the work. If I haven't done the work, I will do the work tomorrow. And then I'll begin to work toward making sure I keep doing the work so I can be confident. James says we've got to make sure we put works with our faith. And I pray that in this message, in this series, we'd all open our hearts to doing the work so we can have more confidence in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being with me. I'll see you next time. We've got more to say about this. I promise you this is going to be a really good series. See you next time. Bye-bye.